Thank you, Lord Jesus. Our Father, we give you praise. We, we exalt you, our God. We thank you, Jesus. I want us to thank Jesus this evening. I want us to give him thanks. Let's, let's just thank him for how far he has brought us, for how far, you know, he's showing us mercy. Lord, we thank you for your great mercy, for your loving kindness, for your tender mercies. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise, our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for last week. Jesus, we just want to thank you for last week. Thank you. Yeah, so um, I greet everyone in the name of Jesus. I want to quickly give someone the chance to just... Uh, you know, um, tell us what you learned about baptism from the last um, week meeting. Just, just one minute, and then we go into that. Just one person, one minute, uh, and then we go on from there. Anybody? Okay, no one wants to volunteer. Anyone? Or should I call someone? Okay, let me just call someone. I think um, I'll call someone now. Is bro Brother Wesley, are you, are you online? Ah, Uncle Wesley, I greet you, sir. I greet you, sir. Yeah. So can you just yes. quickly tell us what you learned last week? Just your own words. Mm, okay. Um, I'll try my best, sir. Um, Thank you. From um, last week, what I learned or what I understood from what you were and what you taught us was that um, baptism is a very important aspect or factor of our Christian journey. And I like how you started um, from the beginning. You were explaining that, um, that it's something that we need to know or something that we need to learn for the journey ahead. And I believe you used a couple of examples on how, you know, I think you were talking about mathematics and, you know, even English, that there's some things that when you grow up and, um, that you want to do, then you would um, remember that, you know, foundations were important for you to um, learn. Uh, so you said it's a school that we should not just see it as, you know, one of the things that we just, um, we just skim through. And I believe you, we started off with Hebrews chapter six, and I was talking about living the um, principle of the uh, doctrine of Christ. It says, let us go to um, perfection, not laying again foundations from dead works and faith towards God and all those, you know, teachings that they spoke about. So, um, yeah, uh, I think you also, you also talked about the importance of water baptism and how, um, as Christians also, it should be something that we look forward to because it's, um, it's, um, it's almost... Let me say it's a beginning of a new journey for 
us. It's something, it's an outward show of what has happened to our spirit in that you said that it's, um, it's pleasing in God's sight. And um, you said, you know, through the scripture you used when Jesus was baptized, um, you said, you know, a couple of things played out after he was baptized. You know, um, it says um, the heavens opened and, um, and things happened afterwards. So I think you liken that to also how we, when we are, there are some things that would not play out in our life if we neg neglect water baptism itself. Um, and, and I think you, you ended up with, now just a quick summary, you ended up with the fact that even after we have been baptized with water, um, that we need to also go through, you know, bap other baptisms after the water baptisms, which are baptisms of the word itself that would keep us, um, that would keep us because there's, there, there's little to what water can do. You gave a couple of examples about, um, I think, I think you see, yeah, I think you used Akan as example as a name, but you're talking about the smoking experience. And um, you spoke about other things, but you said that that can only last for a while because if you're not founded with other words, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, of the Son and of the Father, that all those two are different baptisms into righteousness. So um, that's what I got from you know your teaching, that baptism is very important. You spoke about the baptism of the Holy Ghost also, how it re releases power to somebody. So, um, yes, sir. Um, I hope I was able to help out. Ah, Thank you so much. I am the spirit for picking you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was helped. Okay. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let me quickly go on because I know we still do this uh, at the end of the lesson so that um, we'll not take the time to just, you know, um, look at what we've learned because we still have some other things to learn. I believe you all can hear me clearly. I hope I'm not sounding so low because... Uh, can everyone hear me clearly? Okay, Daniel, thank you. Thank you for giving me the sign. I think I get it now. Thank you. Okay, so um, today we'll start from uh, where I stopped and um, from what is the spiritual significance of water baptism. Okay, so um, before we go, I'd like someone to read for me. I want a lady to read today for me. So, which of the ladies will read for me, please? Is Stephanie free today? Are you free today? Or? Hello, Kirimi, sir. Hello, Stephanie. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Awesome, awesome. Are you free today to read? Yes, sir. Okay, good. So, Hebrews um, 6. Let's read one and two quickly. Okay. Yeah. Hebrews 6, verses 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. And I'm reading from KJV. Mm -hmm. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, but the doctrine of baptisms 
and of laying of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Thank you so much. Uh, and also I want to thank Daniel for last week for helping me so much. Daniel, thank you. Thank you, sir. God bless yeah. you, sir. Bless you. Bless you so much. I'm grateful. You know, I just want to have a flavor of, of um, the opposite sex, you know, diversity. There is beauty there, right? Thank you, <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> okay, so um, so that scripture says we should leave, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ on perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead words, faith towards uh, the doctrine of baptism. You know, verse three, I jump. He says, and this will we do if God permits. So there are seasons that, you know, God can, you know, um, instruct leadership to come back to this point is a permission, is a permissive season. And I, I want us to really thank God for God permitting this season for us because these are, these are very important um, curriculum in the course of righteousness or in the course of, of everlasting life. You know, so these are things that, you know, we should appreciate God for, for raising men like our pastor, Pastor Jeff and uh, Pastor Femi, Pastor Bukumi, you know, for such a time as this to be able to come together, the pastorate, the leadership for bringing up this, you know, curriculum, this class to us. For me, um, it's just fortunate that I'm teaching, I'm part of the teachers, but I'm also being blessed, you know, and this is, I encourage everyone to, you know, if you know anyone that is not part of this class, because it's a season of permission, you know, you should encourage them to be part of it, you know, we might not, you know, maybe probably visit this, you know, again or something, I don't know, you know, you never can tell, you know, what the demand will be as we, as we pursue God or pursue righteousness so it's a season it's a great season of importance that the lord has brought again you know and i would i would like us to let it be like more like evangelism i find out that today is just the three people that is joining the meeting which is for me it's not like i'm discouraged but i'm not discouraged in any way but i'm just saying you know it's something that we should take important uh, as in just like you are missing a class in, in the scheme of, you know, um, based on this scripture, there might be no carryover, you know? So he says, and this will we do, will we do if God permits. So I, I just wanted to mention that to say that, you know, we are, we are grateful to God and I want to thank my pastors, you know, I'm doing this under them, you know, for giving me this opportunity to, to teach this particular, you know, part of this um, old, old course, we call it um, laying a spiritual, a strong spiritual foundation, which is very important. So today we'll look at um, what is the spiritual significance of water baptism to start with. So number one is termination of life and the rising into another. I think we spoke about this last week where I was talking about uh, it says there is a lifestyle, reading from my manual now, there is a lifestyle we all learned as those born of 
woman. That's Ephesians 2, verse 3. I think we read it's a very popular scripture. Um, I'll just quickly read it from here. Ephesians 2, verse 3. And, uh, you know, it's a common scripture. It says, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath. So even as others. So he says, um, let me start from verse one. He says, and you are tiquicking, who were dead in trespasses and sins. He says, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. So and whom also, we all had our conversation in time past. So we all had our conversation in time past. The Bible says the lost, it says in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, you couldn't help it. It says, and we're by nature, the children of wrath. So based on nature, our frame was a frame of um, what I call it now, disobedience, like um, the Bible call it children of wrath by nature. So by nature, we're lost. By nature, we're far from God. By nature, um, from our nature, uh, the things of disobedience were beaming forth, like we're, we're expressing another life. You know, so um, this says, it says that there is a lifestyle we all learned as those born of women. So um, I, I want to add to it that is just what came from, you know, um, it is not just learned, it's something we inherited also. You know, although we learned, but we inherited something that helps us learn better. So, you know, it's just like you have um, something that could help you, that could fast track or aid learning. So nature-wise, we had that thing rot in our nature. So we we could um, learn a lifestyle that is against God and we could fulfill the desires of our flesh. And we could have a conversation, you know, in such a way that, you know, it was, it was unrighteous. So it was a life that we both inherited and then we, we learned and we, we perfected it. You know, we were made perfect in it over time. So um, it is a life of sin and death which entered man at the fall. We all, we all, without exception, lived and expressed that life. So the Bible says that the only one, Jesus Christ, died for us all. And that he gave up his life. That we, might, we all might come into the life that is in God. So the, the essence of the death of Jesus was so that we can come into the life that is in God, you know. So um, I want, Stephanie, can you read for me Romans 5, 12 to 19? So that we can see 
what I'm saying. Romans 5, 12 to 19. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Continue. Verse 14, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is one man, Jesus Christ, had abounded unto many. And not as it was by one man that sinned, so it, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Mm-hmm. 17. Mm-hmm. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one. Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came on upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one man, many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered and the offense that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. I wanted to stop there. Thank you so much. Yeah, so um, we'll read 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 and 15. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 and 15. Hmm. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Thank you. So we could see here that um, the Bible says in verse 12 of Romans 5, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed unto all men. So it is not something that he said, and for that all have sinned. So it's not something like um, you can you can exempt yourself from. Like example, someone said I was born again from my mother's womb. It's not possible, you know, to be born again from your mother's womb. So what does it now mean to be born again? It means that you were born old, like you don't need to be born again. So um, it's not possible to be born again from your mother's womb because something has already happened. Somebody has already opened door for sin and sin has been passed onto all men, including the ones that are unborn. So. Um, 
but also there is what is called the abundance of grace. Verse 17 says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. So there is a dominion of death, right? So that is reigning. There is a domain, dominion. It says much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. But don't forget, these people would have to receive something, abundance of grace. So for them to reign also, you know, it says, and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Christ Jesus. So the essence of accepting Jesus is for to, um, like for to enter into another course of life. How will I put it now? Like a new chapter, a new, you come under a new reign or a new dominion. So it's like um, they, they stop one for another. But this one is saying, because a lot of time, the way we approach grace, we approach grace from a sense of something that covers up for your sin. Ah, grace is available. No, grace is an open door for a new life. That's what I'm trying to say. So like an open door for a new life, a new life that um, someone opened door for. Just the same way Adam opened door for a life of sin. And men um, abounded in it, like they, they explored it. And they found many, many things in it. Still, they found death, you know, and death introduced men to grave, you know, and, you know, so on and so forth. And then to hell, and then to another kind of death. And then to the land in lake. So, you know, so there is an exploration of that life, that door, open door, that sin brought. The same way, you know, the Bible says there is something called the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And that's, you know, I was sharing this yesterday in our fellowship. And I was saying something like, when you, when you actually, <clears throat> the first, the first um, allocation of grace that comes to you to, to bring a kind of fit for to, or to help you to take your, your course or your journey in life. When I say life, I mean L-I-F-E. So it should help you to take your journey in life, to your land, to everlasting life. And that journey is just that it helps you to deny, deny worldly lusts, you know, or deny ungodliness, worldly lusts. It helps you to live soberly, righteously, you know, and godly in this present world. So that's what that grace does. Grace ushers salvation. Like is a bringing, he said, the Bible says, he said, the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. So it's, it ushers you into a new season. You know, if you read chapter six of this Romans 6, verse four, it says, um, verse four, it says, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. So that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father. So this is baptism. This is like putting somebody in baptism. What baptism does is that it kills, 
and it brings forth a new one. That's what I'm trying to say. Now, the expression is, I, I hope we understand. Let me just speak spiritual English. Like, so the expression of what I'm saying is that, you know, you are going into a new place, that you are, you are, you are being buried to come alive. So when you are buried, you die. You know, our daddy, Reverend Kyle Adeo Yogoke would always call it that. There is death in God. You know, there is a dimension of God that is called death. So, you know, that death is what is, when they bury you into that thing, you just, you lose a life. And that, that was how, that's the technology of how God killed sin and death. So sin and death too died. You know, and that's what Satan was uh, boasting about, you know, that he had something, he had something, he had, he had something called sin, he had something called death. But, you know, death was swallowed up in victory. So there is something that is in God that can kill death, is also death. So when they buried us and then we come alive, you know, and um, verse that same verse four, the B part now says, or the B part, or the C part says, even so, also should walk in the newness of life. So we can work in another life, and that's what that is the um, injection of grace or the giving of grace. Grace is for to live in a new life. So if someone has gone through baptism is it's a beautiful thing you know so but like i was saying uh, i'm just trying to say that that's the significance of what happened to us when we were baptized in water so when they were putting us in water what happened to us is you know this is what is going to eventually happen to this man you know this is the end of this man the end of this man will be a new life that has never existed before. So we would end an old life. So it's very significant. And that was why Jesus said to John, he said to him, he said, you know, um, suffer it to be so now, you know, because we need to fulfill this righteousness. We need to show Ceci Paul, we need to show Stephanie, we need to show, you know, Daniel, all of them, how it's been done. You know, this thing has to be shown, not just to, to the children of God, but it has to be showed in all the realms that someone has denied a life, you know, someone has, um, uh, how will I put it now? Like someone has exchanged their life. So God created that, um, the water baptism as something to show that, you know, and you know, that thing is a sign for me that I said it last week that God has so much faith in us. You know, so it's just like, you know, you know, uh, how will I put it now? Just the same way, um, you know, um, just the same thing that happens in the institution of marriage. In the institution of marriage is only the institution. I don't know any other institution. I stand to be corrected that, you know, they give you certificate before you actually start the, the journey or the, the course itself. Like you must pass. There is no, you get like, there's no, God is not expecting you to divorce. Like they are not expecting you to come out of it. That's why you signed. Everybody signed with the witnesses. So it's not like, ah, when you, if we now get there and we are not, we don't like it. 
there is nothing not to like. You understand? There is still death. Do you part? And those covenants are very strong. That's why if someone say I divorced somebody and they left, they didn't leave. There is nothing. As far as everyone is concerned, Satan also know that you are still in that marriage. You, are, you might be living on your own, but in heaven, they only knew you with one man. And that was what you signed from the beginning. But every other man that you entered into, they say you are committing fornication or you are committing adultery. So they, they don't understand, in the realm of the spirit, they don't understand all the English. You understand that, you know, that they are saying. And the Bible, let me, let me try and as in, as in balance it here, you know, you know, so, uh, Jesus was saying it. He said in the beginning it was not so. The reason why Moses asked you to give divorcement letter to your hmm. wife was the reason. The reason was because of the hardness of your heart. So there is something about their heart. I was hard, but the Bible already promised that He will give us a new heart. You understand, so, which is the heart of flesh. So yes, and when the Holy Spirit came, there was help. So that season of the law was taken off and a new season has been given. So you cannot enter into marriage without the author of, of, of that institution. You get what I'm trying to say? So basically, Sir. if people are saying, ah, so anybody that is, is even in marriage and doesn't want to, to follow the tenets of marriage according to how Jesus has ordained it, then you are not ready for it. You, are, you cannot, uh, besides, you can't survive it. Because there is a way marriage is programmed. It's programmed that you either be raised onto glory or you fall short of glory. That's how wow. God programmed, programmed it. So it's a program in the spirit for salvation. So everyone, everyone program marriage for to collect everlasting life. So, huh. so everybody, you have to walk in law. It's a, it's a closely knitted work that everyone is doing. And it's the same thing with baptism. So when, when they baptize you into God, it's the same thing. So when you are marrying, you are dying. That's what happened. That day that they bring two men together is an infusion into one. You understand? I said that is joined with an lot. Is one flesh. It's the same thing. Say immediately you are joined with the Lord. You are one flesh with Him. So God brings you into a future. So you have to. It is compulsory for you to learn God. It is compulsory because it's a marriage. It's not divorceable. You must learn God. You must learn the way of God, and you must understand God to be able to live with Him, because God is a is an is a whole life. You understand what I'm saying? So the same thing, when you come into marriage, you have to learn. So it's only God that can bridge the gap in marriage. So learning God, the two of you learning a man and using the life of that man to live together. That's how to succeed in your marriage or in marriage. Amen. Are we blessed this evening? Yes, sir. So that is baptism. So baptism is like they are, they are. So when you are going into marriage, I, I think I find grace here, just talking about around this marriage. So, you know, when you are going into marriage, it is something of, it's a baptism. Yeah. So, so you have to come out with a new life. It's not something that you have to always be instructed. Or you have to always be ready to be instructed. 
because you don't know the end of that thing. But the end of it is to land us in glory. So the same way, um, this scripture, so that will now take me to 2 Corinthians that Sister Stephanie read for us. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. I'll just read it from here again and then just, just quickly explain it. It says, for the love of Christ constraineth us. So because we does judge that if one died for us, then we're all there. So Jesus was the sacrificial lamb or, or is, the, is the sacrificial lamb for infusion. I, I don't know, maybe that, that makes sense. Like that's the center pot. That's where every one of us meets. That's the meeting point for, for death, for burial, and for resurrection. Or let me call it the meeting point of baptism. So when you come to that zone called Jesus or Christ, you know, that place is the place whereby everything unfolds, you know, because it's Christ that kills. That, that life, that Christos is, is cross, is the life of the cross. So that's where you die. So then the glory of the Father comes in, in that zone when Christ has finished his work and then resurrection happens, a new life is revealed. Amen. So that Amen. zone is a zone that we almost gather, is a, is a gathering point. So wow. when you arrive at that place, that's the place of termination of life. That's where they terminate our life for a new life to be given. Amen. So that's why Amen. baptism is very is important. When you hear baptism, baptism. You see Jesus saying it now, Matthew. Let me go back to that Matthew 28. You see, he couldn't, but he was the he was the the last thing he spoke about. So that if some people are saying, ah, there is just is there is only um okay, let me not go there. Let's just read it. Verse 18 says, and Jesus came and spake. That's the last thing he spoke about. He spake unto them, saying, All powers, all power, sorry, in, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, and teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them is still continuous. Is that what teaching them is baptism, baptizing them to observe all things whatsoever. I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you, even unto the ends of the world. So it is, it is a salient course in the curriculum. of, And, you know, that's why they have to signify it. They have to show it. You know, I'm still finding something. I'm looking for something to explain that showing. You know, they have to show that thing through water. You know, that water, we all know that water is the word, you know, so it's like an immersion into word. So that's where death happens. When they immerse you, they bury you, you know. So when they, when they, when they bury you into word, that's where is word that can actually kill. Is the word mm. that can really kill. You see that sure. life called sin and death, it cannot go if word does not, if you are not buried, you know, into Christ. You know, that word Christ, and you know, that's the word, or let me say the son or teachings, teachings of, you know, teaching them to observe, you know. So, so you know, that there is something about observe all things whatsoever you know so there is that observing of all things and is in that water 
So all things is in that water. There is something about that water that when they take you there, you are lost or you are, there is sin and death is, 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 is undoed mm. in that water. Let me just, let me not overemphasize that because of our time. So in baptism, okay, let me read the last verse before I go. Um, 15 of 2 Corinthians 5. And that he died for all. That they which live should end spot. That's as in this scripture, you know, unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. You know, and this, this scripture is, is a very powerful scripture. Anytime I read it, it's like judgment for me. Like, ah, I'm wow. you know? <laughs> it's always a judgment. Like, ah, like, ah, like, ah. You know, just to know that um, the standard is the life of a person mm. in itself is death. You understand? Just to know sure. that the standard is the life of another man. So it means that that word observe is a very salient, you understand, is a very important word. Like mm. it's something that we need to look. So you need to observe him. You need to learn him. There's something about him. So, and that's why God must raise teacher that can portray him. So it's not just in words, it's also in ability to reveal him. Mm. So the, that's why revelation is very, so if Christ is revealed, then people will live that life. That's mm. what, you know, it will be lived out easily. It's just like, it's just like they are showing you the pattern. So that is baptism, actually, you know. Yes, sir. So it says, it says, it says, it says that, that they which live should, should not live for. So ends they should stop living a kind of life. And that's where grace comes in. You know, I was telling them yesterday, I said, ah, this grace thing. So when they, when grace is available, there is something that is available. It's not the same way. You would abound in it. You know, just like that scripture, when uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians 12, yes, when the Lord was speaking to Paul, the apostle, and um, he was telling him about an apostle was seeing a kind of man that was caught up into the third heavens. And then, you know, that dimension, he said, this is the kind of man I want to glory in, not in, you know, so he was talking about that man's glory. Maybe I should just read it so that I'm not. But we, 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 we all know that it says, um, verse one, he says, this is not expedient for me to doubt lest to glory. For me, doubtless to glory, I will come to visions and revelation of the Lord. This is it. Revelations of the Lord, of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ. You see, this man is in Christ. About 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God know it. So there is something about this man. It's mysterious. There is the movement of this man. But, you know, I saw him in, 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 in the spirit, but he's in Christ. There's such an one cut off to the third heaven. You know, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God know it. As in that word, God know it. Like, the thing is just like, what kind of thing is this? 
so how that he was caught up into paradise and had unspeakable words, which is not lawful. It is not lawful for a man to It is not lawful for a man unspeakable of such and one will I glory yet of myself. I will I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. You know, for though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I would say the truth, but now I forbear. Least any man should think of me above, above that which he seeth me to be that, or that he heareth of me. Verse 7 says, and least I should be exalted above measure. Through the abundance of revelation, there was given to me a tongue in my flesh. The messenger of Satan, lest I should be exalted above measure, said, for this thing, thrice that it might depart from me. He said unto me, my grace is sufficient. This is where I'm going to say, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. The most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So he wants that power of Christ to rest on him because that's where the glory of God can be, can be, um, how will I put it, um, can, can, can explode forth from, or because if he doesn't die, he cannot live. Hmm. So, so there is something about revelation. He said something in verse seven. He said, he said, um, and least I should be exalted above measure. You know, daddy was speaking about this measure. He said there is a measure that you can have revelations, abundance of revelations above your measure. Wow. So there's above your measure or your stature in the spirit. But what, what the, the, this dimension did for Paul was to bring him to a place of seeing that he hasn't come to the measure of God's glory that God really needs him to come to. So he besought the Lord, you know, and God purposed because the reason why they put that, uh, what's it called in there? Uh, they put the messenger of Satan there is so that he would not exalt himself above measure because revelation can be deceptive because the revelation was more like, you know, the gift of Christ, which is the apostolic grace that is upon him. So there is a kind of grace which is apostolic, but there is another grace that was given him for to come into measure. And that's the grace I'm talking about. And that's the grace of baptism, the grace of um, burial, the grace of raising. There is that thing. That when they bring it, the Bible says it is sufficient for you, Paul. Amen. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to, to, to take us further into that. I'm just mesh, mentioning this that, you know, these are the things that we should desire in this season for to live the life of Jesus. So we cannot live the life of Jesus if abundance of grace is not given. You know, the Bible calls it abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Amen. Amen. Man, let me go on. In baptism, we reject the life of sin and rise into another life, which is the one God has. Amen. Ah. Amen. It is more like an initiation. 
which marks the beginning of losing our lives. So I like the way our daddy put it here. That's our daddy person. Like I said, it's which marks the beginning of the losing of our life. You know, I made a statement yesterday by the spirit and uh, it resonated again with me, but just to mention it here. You know, one of the things I want us to know is that there is something that God has given us, which is the grace for, let me just watch before I say it. Uh, Romans 5, verse, verse, uh, verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made. That word made means that they, it was a making. Yes, sir. So of they were made sinners. So when you say somebody is a sinner, is it took a journey? It took journey for you to be called a sinner, or it took a journey for for a man to to become a sinner. So a sinner is there is a sinner by nature. Don't get me wrong based on that scripture, because at times scripture can be very confusing. And that's why you see that the way scripture is written, if, you, if there is no teaching or apostolic grace, then, you know, scripture can be locked because it will keep on, um, how will I put it? Like um, there is a way I'm rolling my hand now. It is mystical to just keep on changing itself like, uh, like he's saying something and then he's not saying it or he's saying another thing, he's saying it. So, you know, that's why it's a water. So that's why a man has to be buried in it. When you are, when they bury you, there's something that is impacted. Is is not preaching or teaching Christ or righteousness or what the righteousness is not, you can't cram it. Yeah. You understand? So it's a life, it's a nature. So when they give you that nature, that's where I'm coming from. So you can live from there. That, that's that's yeah. what I'm trying. So you can live from there. And that where you are living from is where you are speaking from. Sure. So that's why it looks at what is at this thing. Why did they say so? If you are if you are highly intellectual or you are in the realm of reasoning, you would you'll be confused. After a while, you just pack your load and say these things that this pastor Jeff is just talking about wanting to confuse me. So it's not and it's not something that you can reason through. Hmm. Something has to be given to you. And that's why sin too cannot be reasoned through. So you can't reason through it. That's why sin, that's why some people might not be lying. They might not be doing any of those things, but they are crunk sinners. They are just because they are they have been made something. It's a mysterious work, is a work of sin. So he said it's just by one man. That, that thing happened. He said, by one man disobedient, many were made. So that thing passed over men. And men took it in different ways. Some people, their own sin is just to be professor in your house. because It's a professorship sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, you understand, they are, they are very clean, nice people, correct? They are, and they are, not, they, they are not into immorality. They are just education-driven. You know? 
it's a very big deal. Let me leave it, you know. In, it's complex that, you know, if you use one example, it might look like you're talking to some people. The, your example is so much that. Yes, Inexhaustible. So, Bible now says, so by one man, by the, the obedience of one, how many begin to cry. This thing gives me faith every time. Mm -hmm. Jesus obeyed God, and uh, because of this, righteousness is passed over us. Like, you know, we don't have a choice but to be righteous. Like, you know, so we have, the Bible said, uh, my daddy wrote here in our man, I said, which is, which marks the beginning of losing our life. So I would lose the life, or I'm going to lose completely the body of sin. No matter how strong you may look, no matter how um, uh, raging it may be, you know, Bible says, why do why uh, it says why do the Eden rage, you know, and the people imagine a vain thing. No matter how strong, you know, it may be alarming or shouting. First Corinthians fifteen, verse fifty-five says, "Oh death." You say, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. It says, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory, you know, or the victory, or the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this is what your thanks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As in glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. As in we need to give thanks that, you know, the end of this thing is marked. So that day that they are pushing people into water, we should be rejoicing. It's a thing mm. of joy. It's a thing of joy. You get what I'm trying yes, to say? It's a, yes, it's, a, it's a sign before heaven, earth, hell, everywhere. You know, everywhere, all the stratas, all the worlds, like is is something, is something we should, as in, it's a call for rejoicing in the realm so, of the spirit. Like, you know, because this life, you know, this life that Satan has bragged about will be lost. Like, we've already even lost it. Uh, how will I put the English? Like, it is gone. It's a thing that it will be a forgotten story because a new, a new path has been opened to us. So they have paid for our schooling mm. to collect you know, God's life or to take God's life or to be God. So, you know, it's just like the day, that's why they do matriculation, oh, my brother. Yes, so sir. when they come for matriculation, you see our parents so happy because yes, there is hope, you know, that this, this my child will come out glorious. It's a, mm. it's a hope. Anytime you even come back home, you are the delight of your dad, your mom. You know, this is, is making this family proud, you know. So, so the, the only way because you have been matriculated, you've been given admission letter. You have you have you have um you have a you have a matric number. You have an ID card. You have the right to go to class. Nothing should stop you. So they've made something available. That's grace. Grace works. Yes, it's plenty. They've made they've made a system. They've put a system in place that you can go to school, and nothing will be able to stop it. You know they've they've made all the provision. Heaven has done that, you know. So we have we have all of that in place, and they've shown us one man that that was matriculated like that, <laughs> and finished his course. Yes, sir. 
So, 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 so there is a, so if there was nobody that had done it, that graduated, then it would have been a problem. So boy graduated. So that's how, you know, we should give thanks. We should, we should thank God. Uh, it should, this, this, I just said, should bet faith in our heart that yes, I'm sir. going to come out glorious, yes, you know, because the Lord already ordained it that, you know, many sons, you know, would 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 come to glory uh we would come to glory i would come to glory hallelujah okay Amen. let me continue that that to an organized system of disobedience into obedience so the word the world this world is an organized system of disobedience which every man on earth is subject to it's rain it reigns over man or man. It reigns over man. It is a lifestyle that confronts God and his ways. In water baptism, we renounce that organized system of disobedience to begin a journey of learning how to obey God. So our journey is a journey of learning how to obey God, you know? I, I, I would like us to repeat that. Our journey- Our journey- Is a journey- Is a journey- Of learning- Of learning- How to obey God. How to, how obey, to obey God. God. Thank you. I want us to say that I will obey God. I will, I will obey God. God. You know why we are going to obey God? Because we obeyed sin. We obeyed unrighteousness. We obeyed Satan. So Satan should not tell me, sin should not brag, death should not brag over me, that I will not obey righteousness. Amen. Amen. I will obey God. I like that. Hmm. I will obey God. I will yes, obey God. You know, you must tell yourself this thing. Yes, sir. You must hear it. You know, verse 10 of chapter 6 of Romans says, For in that he died, he died unto sin. Once, you know, saying the same thing that that um, 2 Corinthians 15 said, But in that he liveth, he liveth unto what? Righteousness or unto God, unto God, unto God. You know, say likewise, reckon ye yourself. I like that word. That's it. This is my word. Yes, sir. This week, you know. Likewise, reckon ye yourself also to be dead indeed unto sin like you know you need to say that word again i like it because uh, i like the fact that god raised our daddy Reverend to emphasize scripture you just stay with it you know when you stay with scripture like that you are meditating you just it will break open it is likewise 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 just in the same manner in the same way exactly the same way reckon ye yourself to be dead. You know that this thing called sin that passed over men. We didn't know. We just came into the world and started doing sin without knowing. Yes, we are reckoned naturally to it. Like, let me just use that in this. 
like we are just at home. Just see a child start lying, stealing, doing things without. So this scripture is also telling you there is something that has happened. As a result of what Jesus did, reckon yourself. You can also live for God. Just the same way you live for sin or you lived in sin. Effortlessly, I can live for God. That's what I'm trying to say. Effortlessly, I can show God's life. And that's what baptism is. Like I've been baptized into another person, into another life. I have a new life. You know, at times that's why I like our, um, this man of God, Pastor Chris Ayakilowa. You know, you just see him, you just say one word and he will shout, hey, oh, hallelujah, hey, and everybody will start shouting, hey, you know that, hey, hey. Just stay there and say this thing. Likewise, reckon ye yourself also to be dead unto sin. Can you say this evening, I'm dead indeed. I am I'm dead, dead indeed. indeed. I'm dead indeed. I'm dead indeed. Unto sin. I am dead indeed. I am dead indeed. Amen. I am dead indeed. I am dead indeed. I am dead indeed unto sin. He said, but alive unto God. True Christ, our Lord Jesus. He said, let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in his laws thereof. So you see, this sin is in our mortal body. Don't get it wrong, but you can stop its rain. That is what he's saying. You can stop the rain of it. You know how you stop it. You say, don't obey it. You should not, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. So when there is lust, don't obey it. Disobey so. it. You have what it takes to disobey it. When you disobey it, you are stopping its rain. You are, you are bringing grace alive. Do you understand that? He said, neither, ye, yes, he said, he said, neither yield yourself. So you can, you, you can choose who you yield yourself to. Because you have been brought to that pedestal. Just the same way somebody can choose not to go to class. Hmm. You can choose not to go to class. And you can choose to go to class. So they brought you to that place whereby... Because at that level of matriculation, you are free because your daddy and your mommy only celebrated with you and they have gone back home. You are the only one in school. So what you do is now your own choice. You have been graced to finish your course. So you can choose not to. Then either yield yourself, members as instruments of unrighteousness, unto sin. Yield yourself unto God. Tell your neighbor, you yourself unto God. Eh? If you know your neighbor, if you know somebody's name, call it, say, Stephanie, you yourself unto God. Daniel, my neighbor, you yourself to God. You've got yes, what sir. it takes to you yourself to God. That's yes, what this thing is saying. Yes, as, as, as those that are alive from the dead. You see, we are alive from the dead. So, so the instrument, he said, let me read on. He said, as that, this world, this world is calibrated in, the, in our mortal flesh, in our body. And they said, this world is 
is how will I put it? The energy that flows from from your flesh, and it resonates with what is going on on the outside. That's why Jesus said, "Don't look far; look within." A man is not defiled from the outward; it's defiled from inside. Your defilement, paraphrasing, is from within you. You get what I'm trying. So when they say, "Ah, that guy he is uh, because of what he watch," somebody called me, sent me a message, you know, and said, "Pastor, I'm 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 I'm, I'm I'm struggling with masturbation. You know, I said, I asked him simple thing. You watch a lot of film, right? He said, yes, you watch pornography. He said, yes. So that's it. Stop doing that. That's it. And focus on doctrine. It's a get out. That thing will not last if you stay with doctrine and obey doctrine. So what is calling that energy from within you is, is within you. Or anytime you look outward. He calls it, that's all. So he calls it from within. It's just like God, for example. God, I think he's our daddy that taught us now. God cannot look at a naked woman and God will be moved. He can't be moved because he doesn't have that thing. Lost is not in there. The same way you cannot look at, um, let me use us as an example, for example. We are not in the world of maybe... Um, let me use a goat. Maybe a goat is a naked goat, and you are feeling gish gish. Except there is, except what is happening to guys now, you know, all the <laughs> the the LGBTQ stuff. You know that those guys are not okay. There is something, yes, you know, they, that one is the past feeling. Romance one. You know, those ones, they have been, their mind is reprobate, you know, um, they've been given up to vile affection. So that one is, is far from it. A man naturally should not look at a goat and be attracted to it. Like, seriously, you know, you must be a goat to see another fine goat. Say, I must see that fine goat. Imagine just two guys sitting outside and looking at two goats just walking almost in the goat. Let me not go there, Diane. Let me leave that. There's one humor just running through my soul. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that man must be a goat. <laughs> it's not just a goat, it's a scapegoat. <laughs> <laughs> so, a baptism for a man to is in like that also. I just saw that in my spirit now. Like you mm. must be baptized into the realm of goats, as in their zone, for you to begin to. So something has happened to that man, you know, and you, you now see, and then that's why you now see them trying to learn those place. Let me leave that. Um, celebration of the burial of the old man, Adam, for the new man, Christ to emerge so it's a celebration that um baptism the water baptism is a celebration um you know in baptism all that all that is of the old man both good and bad aspect of him is buried the submerging into water signifies an end of the old man and the rising out of water signify the imagine of the new man. You know, I made a, 
maybe an analogy about a one of a brother, brother Akan or Akan. Sorry, I know I, we have an Akan here. It's not you. I'm, I just used it as a. This point, so please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. So you know that went through you know baptism, but he has given his life to Christ, but he kept smoking until baptism, and he still brought his smoke. He got to to the baptism, but by the time they push him into the water, he, he dropped his cigar in the water and then came out a new man. So it's like you know we we now celebrated. So all that was old, he buried it with that burial, that that baptism. And then he took up the life that is in that baptism. Because when they bury you, like I said earlier, there is what there is something in God that is called death. There is this zone in God that's called death. And I see that zone as Christ because it's crucifixion that they use to arrive at the death of death. You understand? So until Jesus was killed, death was not judged. So Jesus ended the body of sin, which is the spirit that we took from Adam, they ended it. You understand? So anybody that said, I give my life to Christ, you have a new spirit. And that's why verse 17 says, if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. So that new creation man is both from the spirit. So the spirit of that man, the human spirit, is a new creation. Now they want to transfer that new creation into the soul. And then both the spirit and the soul will now journey together onto everlasting life, which is God. Or let me call it, let me not say God, let me call it the Father. That's the baptism of the Father. Then after that baptism, God now crowns us with the gift of eternal life. You understand? So that crowning, if you read this Romans 6, everything is there. Everything is there. It's a summary. Like this six is a very beautiful summary of, you know, verse 18. Let me read for us verse 18. It says, being, made, being then made free from sin, he became servant of righteousness. So, so when you say being then made free, meaning that this being means that as you are being made free, that being is like a continuous something. So you are, so as you are serving righteousness, you are being made free from sin. So you, no one of us can tell me here that I'm the same man that I was maybe five years ago or six years ago or seven years ago, or let me say even one year ago, like, you know, you are journeying. And as you are journeying, you are serving something called righteousness. So as you are serving righteousness, you are being made free from sin. Be made free from sin. Hallelujah. Let me read verse 17. Say, but God got to be, God be thanked that ye were servant of sin. You were that servant of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. So you see, so what was delivered to us? So doctrine, when they deliver, when they deliver doctrine to us, or when we are being taught doctrine, is our deliverance that being delivered to us. Like we are, we are being delivered from a, a servitude, you know, that was handed to us unknowingly. We were just serving that thing. You cannot help but serve sin because you have a body causing. So immediately you, 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 you took on Jesus as if, and this is the heart of the priest or an high priest or the heart of a savior or yeah, the heart of a savior is that I have, 
I can trust God for you that you would come into, into everlasting life. Or you get like, you will, how will I put it now? Like it's a trust. So that thing opens up the doctrine of Christ because he walked a life. That life that he walked, that walk that he walked is what they called us to come and learn, actually. It's not just Bible. It's inside Bible that we will see doctrine. Do you understand? So what we are baptized into is not just Bible. It's their own life. That Bible is showing. So a man can read Bible, don't damnation. If you don't, if you are not baptized into their baptism, amen. So if you have another kind of baptism, even if you read Bible from morning to night, you will not get it because there is a kind, is a form, is a that form of doctrine that was delivered to us. Are, are you are you here with me? I, I don't know whether someone yes, is here. Uh... Hallelujah. So so that thing, thank you so much. You know, so that thing that is given us in the from the Bible. So, so the same way, if you are baptized, all the pages of the scripture can now make sense. So I don't want us to now say, ah, uh, so I don't need to read Bible. That you, even if you read, if you read, if you read um, commonplace Ezra, you will see Christ. That that's why. If you look at our parents, Reverend Busui, Reverend Kyle, you go call them. You see how how these men are blessed. You'll be wondering, is it that when they open Bible, like? You know, like somebody made a statement, said everything, uh, 85% of things that were written in the Bible, it talks about money. You know, I've heard that before. You'll be wondering, <laughs> uh, is it the same Bible that me I'm reading that this person is reading? You know, like that even said that 90% of what Jesus said was about money. Like, are you kidding me? You know, like, seriously. So, so you see that the baptism that that person baptized, was baptized onto, even after he has given his life to Christ, was another kind of baptism. So motivation too is a baptism. So you see that thing, they just baptized that soul into something. It just went off. So if you open Bible, that baptism also gives eyes. Is a is a yeah. just gives you a sight. Yeah. So just be seeing another life. You know, so. let me continue. Verse 19 it says, I speak after the manner of men because of the the of the infirmities of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servant to uncleanliness and to iniquity, unto iniquity. You see that word. So iniquity, unto iniquity, like sin, unto sin. They like to call sin that has metamorphosed or that mm -hmm. has become a life. And they call it iniquity. You understand? And it can land in another iniquity. Later, they will now call that person a wicked fellow. So, you know, he's just, he has been twisted. That's the aim of iniquity, is to make that somebody wicked. Or not just wicked, after a while, you'll be beastly in nature. You have plenty wickedness, or you have iniquity, you'll be iniquity personified. That's the, like, you just be, you'll be, you can churn out iniquity yourself. It's like you can, let me move on. Now ye your members, servants to righteousness. Now you see, so when you serve righteousness, what will happen? It will land you somewhere, holiness. Yeah. Amen. So Amen. it will land us to holiness. So you can now become holy. 
So when they say somebody is holy, they say for for because that person has served righteousness. So and that all these things are were given as a result of grace, and is also given as a result of observing a, a manner and obeying commandments. You know, all of those things are tied into one, and then you become sober. That soberness, godly, you become sober, righteous, godly. You see that those things, and you know, Daddy called it on a few days ago. He was saying, when you talk about divine nature, it's not one thing. It's plenty things into one. Sure, you understand. He talks about brotherly kindness. He talks about um, 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 charity. He talks about, you know, um, 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 virtue, knowledge. You know, all of those things is the condiment of nature. Is mixed together to form nature. Just the same way he said. He said soberly, righteously, and then godly. That's all those three things are condiment of holiness. Amen. So the man will become holy. But as you live, as you serve righteousness, that's when you learn there. He said, for when ye were servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. So you see now, this is where I'm going tonight. We are now, we are now free from sin somewhere, somewhere. I want us to have that mind. That mind, this is a foundation mind. This is how our mind should be foundationally. Even though when they teach you that you still have sin, yes, I know, but I am free and I will be free. Yes. Do you understand? Just the same yes, way sir. you know that you are righteous because there is an imputed righteousness that has been given, that has, been, that has happened. The same way they impute sin to every man. All have sinned, even a newborn child. Do you understand? Although if the newborn child died, there is, is another case. That one is another story. But I'm saying that that child, he can, if he grows after a while, when it comes to accountability age, he begins to, you know, that thing just come alive. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, sir. You see, so let me read on. I found grace here, and I want to so, just, you know, drop it. You know, our daddy, Pastor Maker, said, when you find grace around something, don't leave it. Finish it. And, uh, but now, verse 22, say, but now, being made free from sin, you see, that being made is a continuous sin, and become servant unto God. So, you know, there is a season whereby you were made free from sin, and then you were servant to righteousness. Oh, he said something, he said, he said, yield your member. One, yes, you yield your member. When you yield your member, something happens to you. You would, you would, you would yield your member servant to righteousness. Then it can bring you to a place of being sober. Like I said, you will be able to live righteously, and then you will become godly. A godly man is Christ's man. This verse twenty says, "For when you were servant of sin, you were made free." He said, "What then?" Let me read verse twenty-two. Let me just jump. Say, but now you are being made free from righteousness or from sin and become servant to God. So you are you now you have moved to serve God. Ye have your fruit unto holiness. This holiness, our daddy call it another kind of holiness. Again, yeah. is another kind. So when they are satisfying men, when 
Bible says, iniquity to iniquity, there is holiness to holiness. So there is the holiness of Christ and there is the holiness of God. He says, ye have your foot unto holiness. He says, and the end of that holiness is everlasting life. Do you see this? So this is the end of that holiness, everlasting life. Let me go on. This is a kind of baptism that I know that I've moved a bit ahead of myself, but I just, you know, I'll just run through to get to where I, you know, declaring the beginning from the end or the end from the beginning. Amen. Amen. I'm very sure we are being blessed this evening. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Okay, some common misconception about baptism, about water baptism. So who can be baptized? The, the, key, the key to baptism is he who believes, you must believe to be baptized. Matthew 3, you know, Jesus went to baptism. We've read it before. Act 8, we've read it before. Where Philip was with uh, the Ethiopian eunuch. And after Philip preached Jesus Christ to him, what did he say? He said, what stopped me from being baptized? We saw him and then, you know, he, they took him into the water and then baptized him. Act, Act 10 spoke about the house of Colenius, you know, and after the house of Colenius, I want us to read that, 44, said, while Peter, Act 10, 44, while Peter yet spake this word, the Holy Ghost fell on them, on, on all them which heard the word. And they were, and they of the circumcision believed, which believed were astonished. Uh, as many as came with Peter, because that, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out, that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. Then answered, can any man forbid water? Like, you know, like God even did ahead. Like, like what we knew was that you have to first be baptized by water. But these guys had, you know, like, see what God had done. He said that this should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as we were, or as, as well as we, you know. He says, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. You know, then prayed they him to tarry certain days. You know, and when this kind of operation happens, when somebody believes truly, you see a common ground here that they always want to know more, you know, because something has happened. A new life has been opened. You saw that man that was reading, you know, Isaiah and said, I, I really want to know more. That's the Ethiopian, you know. And I'm very sure other things happened to that man's life after that baptism also took place. And we saw in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was baptized, heaven opened. So things happened. Baptism is very, is key in the sight of God. It is good to emphasize that every time someone or anyone was baptized in the New Testament, probably the, old, the whole Bible, it, is, it, it was either an adult or someone who had come to age of accountability. It is scripturally wrong to baptize an infant or child who has not come to the age of accountability. Jesus was 30 before he was baptized. You know, Ethiopian eunuch was an adult. 
the people in the in Colonial's house were his friends and king's men, not king children. So you see, you know, you see this that, and the reason for that is because of the fact that people must know what they are going into. They must, you know, they must accept it. is a sign of faith in God. Oh, sorry, faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So um, another, another misconception is that um, must, must it be in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? You know, some people have, is of the opinion that you should baptize people in the name of the Father, the, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And that was where a lot of, some of, you know, the doctrinal, doctrine of, you know, some churches or, you know, the doctrine that we met, you know, like you have to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Besides, while I was growing up as a Catholic, when you get to the church and then you see the, the cross, you do the sign of the cross. You say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But we used to think that, you know, that Matthew 6, sorry, that Matthew 18 was just to do sign of the cross or something. Yeah, they, they, when you say teaching them, it says uh, teaching them to, to obey that baptism. That was the way we interpreted it in those days, like baptizing them in the name of the Father. So that Jesus was talking about water. Besides, a school of knowledge or a body of knowledge actually um, sanctioned it as a doctrine of the faith. But that's not, that's not correct at all. So this is a subject of argument and disagreement in many quarters. Firstly, Matthew 28, 19 to 20 isn't referring to water baptism at all in any way. Rather, it was talking about baptism by doctrine. You know, and we thank God for doctrine. We, we would have not also known that this is what it is. But, you know, Jesus showed us mercy through our parents, you know, and we're able to see light. You know, light was, was um, how would I put it, that, that that scripture came alive via revelation and we're able to see it in such a way that oh this is this is not for water baptism so between the pontificial mark between which is the colon between 19 and verse 20 shows that 20 is a continuation of 19 and not a different subject altogether so it is also good to know that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are one. Stephanie, can you read for me 1 John 5, verse 7? I want to know whether you are still there. I'm still there, sir. Oh, awesome, awesome. Last week, some people slept off. Like, seriously? Ah. Slept. Eh? Maybe mistakenly. You should just under your mic and we should just be hearing ah, ah, where pastor is laboring. Open your Bible to revelation. Ah, um, it's well, though. God will forgive John. us. First <laughs> John 5 or 7. Me, at least I know one person that slept. Me, I know one person, but I'll not say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. First John yeah. 5 verse 7. Yeah. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, mm -hmm. the Word, and the Holy Ghost. 
And these three are one. These three are one. Mm -hmm. He says, so it is good to know that, you know, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are one. You know, this word one as in, is, a, is a big issue. That people cannot understand the difference of them being one and their doctrine. And they are also their individualism. You know, it's just darkness. You know, it's just, it's just messy that we have found, you know. So, but let me go on um, because as such, the Godhead have, have just one name. So whether we baptize in the name of Jesus alone or in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the key thing, the key thing is faith and a heart of obedience to the commandment of Jesus with regards to baptism. So I'll say that again. The key thing is what is faith and a heart of obedience to the commandment of Jesus with regards to baptism. So we see the reason why we need to go through all of this baptism now. Amen. I want a response. Do we see any reason why people must go through this baptism now? Or we should also be part of it? Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. 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 Yes, sir. Yeah. So it's something very important in the scheme of, you know, of things in terms of, you know, in, 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 in the curriculum of our, our journey or, you know, anything it is supposed to be called. Like, you know, just in the whole scheme of things, we need to go through all of these things. And because I remember then while we were young and coming up, young believers, we ref these things up. Besides, I was feeling, why do I even need, I need, you know, because I had the level of revelation at that time, like already baptized in the Holy Ghost. I was already laying hands on people. I was already doing exploit for the Lord, casting out demons. That Jesus was just saying that, as in that baptism is just a sign or is, is, is something that I was just showing for this one. Pastor T will say, I'm hearing you, you know, like it's just childishness, you know, at times that just make us so. But we thank God for his mercy. So um, let me go to the third part of the controversy. That uh, misconception here. So it says the Ephesians 4 5 controversy. Ephesians 4. Verse 5 states categorically that there is one baptism. Ephesians 4, from 3, from verse 3, mentioned a number of other things or beings, beings that are also one. They are body, one body, one spirit, one hope of calling, one Lord, one faith, and then one God. So maybe, uh, Stephanie, let's read that Ephesians 4, verse 5. So the, um, Ephesians 4, verse 5. Um, can I read from verse 4 or just 5? Yeah, you can read from verse 3, uh, verse 4. Okay. There is one body and one mm. spirit, even mm. as you are called in one hope of your calling. One mm. Lord, one faith, one, one baptism. One, one baptism. 
Read on, verse 6. One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. And in you all. Now, as in, this is so beautiful. Like, you know, I don't want to go into it, but I've always, right from the time I, as in right from the time <clears throat> I met our daddy, Reverend Claudio Vicky, I just knew. Besides, I was so excited. My pastor then, I ran to him and I said to him, what we have been trying to look as in this is what we have been trusting God to show us but you know he didn't see it as at then and I'm still praying for him that he will see it now but you know like ah this is the way we can actually come to the unity of faith like if we have this doctrine and you know come to the understanding of these things you know so they say there is one body one spirit even as he are called into one hope of your calling you know, in some quarters, disputes have reason uh, or have a reason because of this phrase, one baptism. Let's let's just streamline it to baptism because of, you know, because of time and not just, you know, and staying with contest or staying with, um, with the teaching. It says, and because of this, confusion reigned with regard to the issue of baptism. Which of the baptisms is Ephesians 4, verse 5, specifically referring to the same controversy, argument, confusion is associated, is also associated with all the other ones. Comparing scripture in the light of other scripture, we would see that Paul, what Paul is trying to encourage in the Ephesian church sorry we will see what paul is trying to encourage in the efficient church paul authored to thought of the episodes in the new testament let us see the reason from these other episodes concerning this issue let's see psalm 45 verse 6 and also Hebrews 1.8 is the same thing, but I just want us to look at those two scriptures. I would explain, but I want to read it because the thing is just plenty. I would read it and then I would explain it. Stephanie, read Psalm 45, verse 6. Psalm 45, verse 6. Mm -hmm. um, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of mm -hmm. thy kingdom is the right scepter. Mm -hmm. So thy throne, O God, is it's forever and ever. It's forever and ever. So, and the scepter of your kingdom is a it's righteous right scepter. scepter. So Hebrews 1 8, he said, But unto the Son, he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A righteous or a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So it's the same scripture. So Paul says, that God the Father called Jesus God here. Also in Isaiah 9, verse 6, Isaiah prophesied, says, prophecy, sorry, says that Jesus' name, Jesus' name shall be the Almighty God, the everlasting Father. Does this mean Paul lied in Ephesians 4, verse 5? About there, there being one God. 
and Father of all. In Hebrews 6 verse 1, Paul talked about faith towards God. In Galatians 2.20, he spoke about faith of the Son. In Colossians 2.12, the faith of the operation of God. Does this mean that there are two or three faiths? Now I'll trade back to the house, you know. I just want to sample. Now I'm moving to the mode of class now. What do we think here? I just feel we should talk. And um, let me throw it back to us. Anybody can help here. Or should I call names? So the answer is no. Okay, so the answer is no, but I wanted to expand it. Like, want to give me some small reasons? Just maybe not necessarily with so much, but just say something. One minute. Okay, so I think the idea is one, but the the. Um, doesn't mean there are multiple faiths is or multiple gods. Is one that you know in different dimensions. Maybe if I can use that word for lack of a better word, you know, mm -hmm. I've seen them in different in their different expression or the or different dimensions. Yes. So when you like like faith now when we talk about faith towards God, is that faith you know that now now graduates you know from faith mm -hmm. to faith and now graduates mm -hmm. after a while we built mm -hmm. up our faith to the point mm -hmm. where we can now have a different type of faith and mm -hmm. of like the faith of the son. Mm -hmm. uh, or yeah, so it's, it's still it, yeah, it's still one faith where it's it's mm -hmm. not like different, different type of faith. Yeah. I don't Thank know if you, that's... so so yeah, yeah. So it, so we we can now say that we can also now say that mathematics, when you say mathematics is one, right? Daniel, I'm dialoguing with you now. Let's think yes, together. Yes, sir. So can we say we have different mathematics? No, sir. Or let me, let me because mathematics, you can say further math. But it's still math. Anyway, they it's, just, math. it's just a furtherance of math, right? It's a, yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a, it's a mass that is ahead, but it's yes, mass, sir. right? Okay. So when we say English, is the English too English? Can we have two English or one English? Even if well, it's well, American, uh, Canadian, all manner of English, but it's English, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. yes. So it's still English. The, so the diversity did not take away the individuality, yes, right? Sir. Is that the English? Yes, Is that the right word to use? Like the, the many faces of it, does not change the nature. Let me use that Bible English now. Amen. So what makes God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost one? This is where, this is where I'm going now. I need us to be, to be spiritually uh, intelligent. I know we are very intelligent. I'm just joking spiritually let me call someone damilola 
Can you help us? What makes them one? Is that Milala sleeping? Is where is where you begin to know those that can tarry with you. If anybody is by Damila's side, can you tap Dami? Say, wake up, wake up, wake up. Who will help us? Uncle Jimmy. Uncle Jimmy, I want to hear your voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, good evening, sir. <laughs> okay, sir. Ah. Yes, sir. So what makes them one? That, 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 that. Um, okay, so just uh, maybe from, um, from, let me say, um, previous understanding of, of this uh, verse or this um, side, sir. Um, what uh, I, I would say it in this way, okay, I'll just read it again. He said, um, there is one body, and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, um, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So um, one God and father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So um, just uh, my understanding of this um, point here is um, just, just carrying on from what Daniel has said, um, looking at the, the distance that... Um, man has fallen, or let me say, how far man has fallen from, from God. Um, they are just like in the curriculum, as we are learning, right? How, you know, mm -hmm. there's um, the rollout of everlasting life and then the steps down even into Christ for um, Christ to go. And um, then there is like um, the point of the milk of the word that prepares a man to begin to learn Christ. Um, basically, there is a rollout of all these things from God for a man to arrive at a point where he can then begin to learn um, God as, as we have seen. So, so um, for um, the understanding of this point, when there's an emphasis on one here, because I believe that um, this is um, a culmination where um, different streams of what we have learned, um, different expressions of, uh, of faith, if the real spirit of it is found, um, makes us arrive at a point where um, we can actually begin the journey to God. And uh, actually this position of one from my understanding is actually that point of that fullness of Christ, if I can um, say mm. in, in, in that sense. So, yes, so I mean, for, for the faith, we know that there is, as we've been learning also, there, is dif there are different expressions of faith. Um, but there is actually one faith, um, that faith that um, makes us of one. As um, mm -hmm. we learned in that Hebrews chapter two, right? There is a point where we are all of one, where the genes are now similar, as it were. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. mm -hmm. So at that point, then we can, um, we can, you know, now press into the next learning side. I, do, I don't know if mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I made sense. But yeah, you, you, you try. Yeah, you made a lot of sense. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes, sir. thank you, sir. So there's, I, I just wanted to say there's just that one point. There is a point of oneness in, in, in the spirit, as it were, not the final oneness like marriage and, and the other things, mm -hmm. but that point where we arrive at one, where one. I think Pastor has, Pastor has described it before as um, where every, every other stream that mm -hmm. a man has connected to where after they've worked on, you know, you to mm -hmm. a degree, you arrive at that one place where we've all mm -hmm. become of one, where we all share the same gene. Yes, thank yes. you sir you know yeah you have to use many things to arrive at this one place you know, it is well with you you see that the work that we are doing is not small thank <laughs> you jimmy thank you so much for helping me thank you sir yeah thank you okay so what, what i'm saying what let's see what's john five i might not be able to finish this today but um, just so quickly I don't know. I don't think with this time. First John 5, verse uh, 7 and 8. Stephanie, can you read 7 and 8? Okay. First John 5, verses 7 and 8. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the mm -hmm. Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. They are one. Mm-hmm. And there are three that bear witness in earth, yes. the spirit, the mm -hmm. water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. So they agree in one. So, uh, so when you say agree in one, so what, which one is, or let me, let me use it like this. Let me just, let me not ask questions again. Let me just explain. So when you say, one, one, um, one God, or um, does Paul mean that? But Paul does this mean Paul lied in Ephesians four about there being one God, and then Father of all, and then saying that all of them agreed in one. So one of the things that brings us to one, and I think um, Jimmy spoke about it while, while he was talking, is the fact that they are, all of them are a separate entity. Like they, you can, the Holy Ghost is different from the Father. The Father is different from the Son. You will hear Jesus say so many times, you know, even though if you say, I am my Father, we are one. You hear him, what I see my father do. So it means that what makes them one is the life that is in the father, right? So because until he did all that is in the father, he couldn't come into the baptism of the father. So what brings us to be one is baptism. That's, where, that's what, I, what I wanted to hear, actually. You see that thing called baptism is the tool for making us one with God. That's that's just that's the summary. Amen. I didn't, I didn't you, you get it. So that's where thank you, Brother Daniel. Like I feel, I feel I just spoke something. You get on Jesus. So that place of being one with God is that place of baptism into him. So all of them, they are have agreed in one, they have been baptized into the Father. Or, so all of them has one baptism. They are in one realm. 
or so they might be different in operation, but they are one. That's why there is none of them that is. Um, how will I put it now? Uh, maybe when when Holy Ghost is coming, he doesn't have to talk about himself for you to know him. Immediately he start opening because the, the what where he draw his source from is not in himself. You understand? He draws life from the other, and that's the beauty, you know, of that scripture. It says how good and perfect, or how. Let me let me read it correctly because my wife will always tell me to open the slide and uh, I see that it has always helped me. Thank you, sweetheart. Behold, verse one, he said, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You see that word unity. That brethren there, our daddy taught us one time, he said, our brethren there is, you understand, is them first. They are the first brethren. Those one, one. So when they are telling you one faith, one, and that's why I like that word, one faith, one baptism. You see that word, one faith, means that faith towards God should not be left out. It's one. If you leave it out, it will not be one again. Do you understand? So you have to finish a course and then through the other course, faith of the son. And then it's them that know they, they got you up. They push you into the next allocation. You just find out that you are, you just want more. You just begin to desire more, your hunger. The, the level of eating, just like my daughter, when, when they take milk, you can satisfy them at some point. After a while, you need to put a barmala, you know, meat, and all manner of things to make sure that they are satisfied because their capacity for what they can take has increased. Sure you understand, but you know, um, our daddy taught us one time, he said, meat is a congealed milk. And that's why you could see that it is a cow, a big cow that is bringing out milk. So it's also a, a congealed strong meat is another kind of milk, the higher milk. And that's why when you get to, I think, um, first Peter, the first Peter too, that the God is still milk of the, of the word of God. You see that word of God, that word of God there is another milk that is in God. Amen. It says, as newborn babe desire the sincere make of the word, sorry, of the word, that ye may grow thereby. But don't forget, before we said of the word, that word there is, he said, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord. So you have tasted that the Lord is great. So you cannot desire this milk if you have not tasted the Lord. So the Lord there is Christ. Because if you read before that time, if you read the verse, sorry, the the Chapter one, you see there says again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. So this is in, in, in introduction of incorruptibility by the word of God. So that liveth and abide. So we need to introduce God's word, the word of God. So this baptism here is a different baptism. It's a baptism 
into incorruptibility. And that's where they now begin to, because that's where they deliver men and they turn flesh, they turn grass, you know, to stone. They, that's a movement of, you know, of life to life, another kind of life. You say the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. But the word of God, the word of the Lord endureth forever. This is in verse 25 of chapter 1, First Peter. And this is the word of God, or this is the word which by the gospel is preached to you. Wherefore, lay aside all malice. You can't lay aside all malice if you don't have the word of incorruptibility. All malice, all guy, all hypocrisy, all envies, all evil speaking as newborn babes. So this is another realm that we were born into. Amen. So let me go back to, uh, so the brethren I was talking about, behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. Because if you read that Ephesians 4, you will see, he said, till we all come to the unity of faith. So that unity of faith is one. Jesus said in the book of, um, uh, when he was praying for them, uh, Matthew 17, where he was talking about eternal life. He said that they might be one, even as we are one. So there is a way they are one in baptism. Let me use the word in doctrine. You understand? In, in faith. So that one is that we would, would have would have come into all their baptism. And that's how we can be one with them. Does it make sense? Amen. Or spiritual sense. Yes, sir. Amen. So in the same way, all the other five mentioned above can be proven to be more than one one from the scripture but really but really are they more than one no just like um daniel said you know so they are one he said god the father is one true jesus also as the name of god like jesus is also the name of god ascribed to him in the scripture we have we have only we have only one god sorry Though God Himself called Jesus God, can you see that? He said, The Lord said unto my Lord, one. Another one says, Your throne, O God, is forever. You know, your throne, O God. So, why is God calling Jesus God? Because He sees Himself in Him. You know, He can see Himself exactly in Him. Not like, you know, because some people will tell you that, you know, um, just the same way, if you read John 14, you will see there where Jesus was talking about, you know, like if you allow the Holy Ghost to finish his course, I will come to you, you know, and then I would make my abode with you. Then I will bring my father and I and my father would come. So imagine that technology. You have Holy Ghost, you have the father, you have the son inside you. They are living, they have rooms, different rooms in your apartment, inside your vessel, and they are living there. So anytime Jesus sees you, he sees God, he sees himself, he sees the Holy Ghost. And that is baptism. That is one. That's been one. Do you understand? That's why if you see a man and a wife, a woman, when they first got married, they were not looking alike. Like that brother that is getting married in our midst. Uh, I think brother, what's his name? Uh, this one that is getting married, that pastor. Tolusa. 
Tolu, yeah. I think he is dark. His wife is fair. You know, after a while, maybe 10, 15 years after, you look at the two of them like, ah, these people resemble themselves. They look alike. You know, at times, some people look at me and they look at me and they say, you and your wife is looking alike. We are becoming one. Yeah? And not just one in, uh, one in just facial look alone. At times, the way we think, the way we reason, you will be surprised that when you meet my wife, you meet an extension of me. Do you understand? You know, the same, you know, she might not talk like me, she might not, but there are certain traits. And that's why divorce is a very um, evil thing in the sight of God. Imagine, you know, so there is not, you just break off something that is fusing. They're already entering themselves, fusing into one. That's why if you obey God, so take, you know, certain things that if you do right now, I might not be angry, you know, but if my wife does it, she knows that ah, my wife doesn't like that. My husband doesn't like it. This is what he doesn't like. Like day before yesterday, was it yesterday? Yeah. I was just a bit moody in the house, a bit moody, you know, and not just because I was anything really, 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 but I was a bit tired in my body. So at times that affects the mind. So I just, I was just calm. And then she just, she just kept pestering me. Sweetheart, what is happening? What's wrong? There is something wrong, you know? There's something wrong with it. Tell me now, what's the issue? That's the man and a wife. You know, because, and it took time. It's not, it, it, she didn't arrive there once. It's because she has fellowship with me. The same way you begin to know what Jesus is up to in certain situations because of his mannerism around you, because of fellowship, because of communion or doctrine, the way they reason, the way they think. And that's why you can navigate this world, you know, in a particular way. You know what Jesus would do in this, in the, because there is doctrine, there is baptism to a degree. You know, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful life. I desire it much more, you know, even much more right now. I just want us to pray. I'm not able to finish, you know, but Jesus has blessed us. We'll continue next week. By God's grace, we'll finish up by next week. I want us to pray and, you know, Pray to God that God, I, I desire this thing that is being painted to me even much more. I know, you know, this might sound like, okay, this is a uh, meal. This is foundation, but this is a beautiful meal. This is how milk should be. I want us to pray tonight that Lord, you know, I, all that has, has been, has been said, I want to be partaker of it. Um, that being said, I'm saying that I want to be one with the Lord. I want to be one with Jesus. I want to be one as you are one. You know, Jesus also prayed that prayer for us. He said, make them one, even as we are one. Can we pray just briefly, one minute in tongues? If someone can unmute, let's just pray. Let's pray. Let's let's pray. Let's gather incense in the name of Jesus. Amen.